questions? Um, you know, I was at the gas pump the other day, and I wasn't, you know, literally gassing myself up, as the kids would say. I was just gassing it up. Which, by the way, these gas pumps at these ones that you pay 18 cents more than if you go to just about any other reasonable gas station, for no fucking reason. Oh, because you had Tecron. Okay, whatever the fuck that means. Um, but yeah, I was at the gas pump. And let's just say I was asked a question at the pump that I've been asked plenty of times. But I was in some type of mood that, not even mood, but I was in some type of mindset. I was in a very observational sit back and just observe the day type of mood. And yeah, I'll just say the Chevron. Uh, all the Chevrons, the shells, they ask the same thing. But you notice how they don't actually have anything to back up the question that's asked. So you insert your card and it says, the first thing, it doesn't ask you after, the first thing it asks, do you want a car wash today? It's like, if I wanted a car wash today, I would be at the car wash. Which, so when it said, I'm like, what happened? What would happen if I clicked yes? Did I click yes? No, because I don't want a situation where, uh, actually, service not available. Like, wait, you said yes? Oh, shit. It's like, if I say yes to it, you're going to take me to that shack out back and you're going to Cameron Diaz on Bad Teacher My Vehicle? Probably not. You have one employee, like a 40-year-old Indian dude. Not stereotyping. That's just what the situation was. Okay. Um, can't believe I've had a clip. Like, what is he going to do? Like, he has three customers in line buying cigarillos or whatever the fuck people buy. Lottery tickets in there on a, what, a, a Sunday? Yeah, it was a Sunday. And... What is he going to do? Stop what he's doing in line and be like, hold on, stop. Someone in there wants a, someone out there wants a car wash. I'll be back in 18 minutes. It's like, no. What, what? It's like, is it a self-serve car wash? Do I pay at the pump for the car wash? Oh, and let me tell you the most stark thing. I'm not even joking in this situation, but I've also noticed... And most of these gas stations, because there's a lot of car washes in the world. A lot of ones in very small radius. I don't know about where y'all live, but in the state of Georgia, there seems to be a car wash of any self-serving sort. I would say probably like every two miles. Probably less. There's probably there's some multiple side-by-side for competition. Um, but literally... To the left is literally a full functioning business with the freaking employees, <laughs> with with the drive-through neutral things, the vacuum sections when you exit. And you think I'm gonna turn that down for five bucks or whatever the fuck it costs these days to take a chance out back at a Chevron? I'm gonna probably say not. At the car wash. It's like, how are you going to sit there and offer a car wash? When there's full businesses for car wash. I come to you for gas. It's a convenience store. If I want to go in and get me a Diet Vanilla Pepsi, 
then that's what I'll do. Like, this is what happened. We're trying to make businesses too versatile. Versatility, highly overrated. Focus on what you're good at. McDonald's, I don't care for your now, like, all these extra cool chicken bullshit sandwiches. I don't need Taco Bell to be serving chicken wings. What is, what's going on? What happened to stay in your lane? Burger King's got freaking, like, spicy nugs. I hate when people say nugs, but you get the drift. It's like, now, all these places, you gotta be versatile. It's like, no, McDonald's burgers, McDonald's Big Mac... Burger King Whopper, gas stations, gas, car washes, do car washing things. But hey, welcome to episode 108 of the Often Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. Jesus, I really need to shorten these opens. But yeah, um, it is 2.27 a.m. Recording this on a Monday, technically Monday, February 7th, 2022. Got to stamp it just in case four years from now. Um, the White House wants to come after me and try to censor my podcast. Um, so, yeah. Got to prepare for advance time. Like, uh, well, I know we would post that day, but when did you actually do it? It's like, I don't know. It's like, actually, you said at the beginning of your podcast. Well, it's like, then what are you fucking asking me for? You're the fucking White House. Do your research. Uh, that's what you guys would say. But anyways, Welcome. Um, I'm your host, Clint. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and suck some titties. And we have a good episode for you today, whenever this is posted. Um, oh, by the way, for speaking to gas stations, in case you guys... It was a few episodes ago. Like, a few, few episodes ago. Um, uh, the Quick Trip Girl. You know, my adventures with the Quick Trip Girl. I feel like this is going to be like an update. Every like four episodes, because I may go there once a week when I get off of work to indulge in the in the roller grills and get myself a soda, which I really need to cut back on. But neither here nor there. But the girl that works there, who a lovely person, but the likewise things. And I said, have a great night. And she said, likewise, the word likewise stuck in my head. And I went like a 12 minute rant one episode. Well, I'm not going to make it 12 minutes. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. So last night, I was uh, going to Quick Trip and just, you know, I was actually just going to make a quick trip because I got my gas earlier. And go inside, get my drink. And this time, which is weird because the time of night it was like four or five in the morning, they had the hot dogs. They had the freaking, the all the options of the roller on the roller, the grill roller. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. And they had the complimentary toppings. Simply you go past certain night, they don't have any of the complimentary toppings that are free. Because they're cleaning it or whatever the fuck. But this time, same thing. Get up to the register. She says, hey. I said, how are you tonight? She said, I'm fine. She didn't ask in return. Cool. I was like, you know what? We're going to make this one out unscathed. Not going to ruffle any feathers. I'm just going to. Come on, let me get the let me get the greeting I want. So rings it up, 454. Would you like a bag? And I said, sure. I said, yeah, I'll take a bag for the food. And I'm like, what a fucking idiot. Of course, she's not gonna throw my fucking drink in the bag. Of course it's for the food, you dumb fuck. 
So she throws it in there. I said, thank you so much. Have a great night. She said, mm-hmm. And I said, I'm sending to myself. As I'm walking out, I'm like, well, fuck me. I just got demoted to from one word that means something I don't understand to a hum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, holy shit, she heard my podcast. And I'm like, no, she didn't. But I'm like, what do I do? How do I get demoted? She seemed in a happier mood. And I got demoted to, mm-hmm. How hard is it just to say, you too? Not the group, U-T-O-O. You as well. But no, fuck me. But yeah, that is the quick trip girl update. Got downgraded to mm-hmm or demoted. Um, look, I don't expect to ever get promoted at Quick Trip, you know, as a customer. But goddamn, you know, the more I live, I'm starting to think, you know what? The customer is always right. And I, I'm completely against that. But you know what? I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to become that guy. I'm starting to become that guy that like, you know what? Can I get? Can I just get some timely, decent service without any attitude? I'm already sounding like a 42-year-old man. Because you know what? I think I've let this shit slide for so long. It's starting to build in me as a man. And I don't want to die at 48 because of stress that I didn't say when it bothered the fuck out of me. But you know what? It's about to become open season out here when I go to places. Any slightest bit of... If you don't say yes, sir, to me, even if you are 15 years older than me, we got a problem. I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> but hey, you know what? Yeah. Oh, and another thing. I am not taking any more less than adequate coffees from Dunkin' Donuts. If I pay for it, I'm going to I'm gonna treat it like I pay for it. It seems like when I pay for shit that I normally don't have to, it's like it's the lowest quality. It's like they put foot water in there. And I'm not even a complicated dude. I'm not a strict teacher. If I was a teacher, I'd be the teacher where like everyone gets an A, even the kid that didn't even show up for 70%. You know what? Just write one paper, pretend you give a shit for a week and a half, do a lot of studying, I'll pass you. Even though it was completely unfair to everyone else here who's consistently showed up. Could you imagine if you worked at a job where someone just showed up for like three weeks out of a six month span of your busiest times of the season? And he got paid six months of pay because he showed up for three weeks. Not exactly a, not exactly great teachings we have in these public school systems. But yeah. Um, okay. <sighs> so, uh, you know, something that's always... You, you see artists on Instagram. And I'm not on Instagram. You see artists on Instagram, YouTube. But I know this happens. Where they quote unquote share an unreleased quote unquote snippet of their song or some 20 second snippet and people are like, that's fire. Or there'll be complete full songs from artists that they never technically released, but it's called unreleased. Or it'll be any time for type beats, you know, like people on YouTube be like, this is a Drake, Roddy Rich. Lil Wayne, The Baby, Tory Lanez type beat. It's like, none of those artists even remotely kind of the same. 
they don't all rap on the same beats. Some of them completely ignore it, um, me included. <laughs> but when when I hear the thing, you can't release. Once you can't say this is an unreleased song when it's released. I'm tired of it. I'm, I know. I know Mr. Semantics here, but it's not even semantics. It's literally there. Anytime I hear something that was put out somewhere, regardless if you released it, which I don't know how a song that you make in the studio gets just released without, with just like someone stole, someone broke into our hard drive and released our whole certified lover boy album. Like anytime, I remember the build up to Drake's album. Like five of the songs were already like on YouTube. On like this, under like a fainted noise, and you you, it's basically like the Jay Z love all one. It was all quote unquote unreleased. It's like well no, it was released. If I hear it, it's released. That would be like me saying that'd be like me putting this episode of this podcast on fucking YouTube on a complete different profile, but I never put it on the main one. And be and then someone finds it, be like, "Hey, where is this on your page?" It's like, "Oh, it's not because it's unreleased." It's like, "What are you doing? You're just poking the stick out to see if someone likes it, and then if they don't like it after three weeks, delete it." It's like it was released. If as a consumer I hear whatever you released, it, you can't put this as an unreleased blank artist song. It's like, no, maybe they didn't release it. Well, obviously they had to. Someone had to release it. It had to be them. If they're the one making the song. Can we just stop with this. Oh well that was unreleased music. It's like no. If a hundred plus thousand people heard something. It is released. I hate to break it to you. It isn't something that you played at a party. For 200 people. At an album release party. And. Everyone in that room, like, yeah, we all heard it, but technically, it won't be out for two days for the world to hear. If if the world has access to it with a quick Google search on SoundCloud or on YouTube, and your voice is in it, it's released. I'm sorry. But, fuck me. Um, but yeah, unreleased music. It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's literally con- It's literally the definition of contradiction. And speaking of contradiction, so apparently there's this, uh, I forgot the exact story, which if I'm going to cover a story like this, I should probably be a little bit more precise in my analysis. And But I remember I saw one this past week. It was on one of my Google News things, right? Um, which means they know what I like. Um... And apparently there was, there's a lot of quote-unquote allegations against Hugh Hefner. Apparently, the Playboy Mansion. Apparently, it was exactly what you would think it would be. Um, it was a very uh, sexual harassment environment. It's like, yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm not saying, like, all the girls there are literally trying to get on Playboy to be nude. For dudes to put on their walls. Well, no one really does that anymore. But for dudes, trust me, when you're in the Playboy magazine 
or the articles, whatever the fuck it is. I've actually never really opened a Playboy. I can do the math, though. Um, I have a good idea what it's about. It's for the artistry. It's like, no, it's not. It's kind of like the ESP and the body issue. They try to call it, it's body image beautiful. It's like, nah, I mean, you're just basically doing everything but showing the nudes. But like, we could put the we could put it together what the body looks like, which I think is cool. Empowerment. Woo. But what do you think? You think the Playboy Mansion, when you looked at it from afar, did you ever think woman empowerment? I didn't. I didn't. You, you know what the good thing about the Playboy, really the business aspect and really what it is, is that it puts, it really shows, uh, apparently it was a toxic, misogynist environment. It's like, yeah. You aren't there, as all the girls, you aren't there because you look because you looked at Hugh Hefner and you're like, you know, if this guy was a mechanic and went home in his bathrobe and petted a cat, I would love this man. It's like, no, we know the deal here. And it's not even like just about money. Like, I, I don't really think everything in life has to be about that. There's an appeal to the man. The man's like, hey, get over here, bitches. You know, Hugh Hefner, he really kind of does it like, well, I think, I don't think Hugh, Hugh Hefner is dead, is he? I should have, yeah, he's got to be dead by now. Stan Lee's dead. And they both look very similar. They both have similar impacts in their business when you really break it down. Magazines, uh, comic books, books, articles, empowering people in positions who without them would have never. Um, it just fascinated me. It's like you're not joining Playboy because you really think like, oh, this, 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 I'm really going to like put a great mark for a woman here. It's like, no, you're not. You're literally posing nudes in front of cameras with a bunch of dude doing the flash on you. Stanley, um, <laughs> actually, that may be DC. Anyways, but yeah, it's just fascinating to me. Like when you think about every every girl that's ever been on Playboy, what typically happens, right? They get a reality show, and they build an image to get a reality show. They build an image to be in paparazzi, so they can do public speaking engagements. And it's really, you know, I will say being a Playboy bunny is really like being the president of the United States. Hear me out. Is that after you are done with the Playboy Mansion, you will always be attached to it the same way the president will always be attached to the White House, regardless. And there will be so much opportunities for them for life. Like, presidents make way more after... They leave the office than before. They basically are guaranteed million dollar speaking engagements. They're guaranteed like book deals, this, that, and they speak at some university for five million dollars, all because they were the president. And you're good for life. Playboy Point, you could write books about it. It's like, yeah, oh, really? A freaking mansion where a bunch of girls are running around nude, probably doing drugs, a lot of alcohol involved. 
and you're surprised that men do bad things. Like, Jenny McCarthy got a job on The View. Not for being an actress. And I know she, like, dressed down, used to be a playable bunny, and all this shit. She's a whole different person, and that's great. But, um, when most people see Jenny McCarthy, oh, now she does, like, the New Year's Eve shit. It's like, okay. But where'd she get her start? Playboy. It's just funny to me how people voluntarily put themselves in these environments and are surprised when those environments are exactly what the environments are. I don't know. It'd be like a, it'd be like walking manually through an automatic car wash and be mad when those fucking flapping mop thing just slap you in the fucking face. And then you sue them when they have signs all around the building like, hey, do not walk in here unless you are in your vehicle and keep your windows up. But you just walk in there willy-nilly because you want to be funny. Then you get slapped in the fucking face, get a concussion, have brain damage for the rest of your life, and your family sues the car wash for $18 million, which they haven't even made $18 million in the four years that they've been in business. And I'm not talking about $18 million profit. I mean, they literally have not made $18 million because they're charging 3 bucks for car washes. Like... But, you know, they're telling you the environment here is the environment. Like, the Playboy Mansion and the Playboy, I don't even know, like, I won't even call it business, but, like, the Playboy is more of, like, a fantasy brought to real life. And honestly, your duty as a Playboy bunny is to fulfill others' fantasies. Oh, that kind of sounded like a dominatrix type of shit. But that's not really the case here. But yeah, I don't know. I just find it toxic and misogynist. It's like, what did you expect it to be? I know we live in these new times. But also, there's got to be common sense for people that put themselves in positions. And they write books to capitalize on the experience that was quote-unquote terrible for them. But it was so terrible they stayed in for 11 years and they wait till the person who dies could actually defend themselves to speak, but they wait till after they die so they get more, probably his percentage of the fortune. I don't know. Sounds like someone taking advantage of a vulnerable man. Oh, Jesus. I don't know, man. I just... I don't know. All right, next topic. Um, yeah, you know, I realized I actually, um, actually try to see, look for, actually try to prepare some topics for today. I actually thought like, not even prepare, prepare, but instead of just let naturally come out, I try to, this is why I don't prepare. Like I feel rigid. I feel like I'm not really in it. I'm a little tired, but I'm not that tired. I'm not, get your head in the game. But I wrote these 
these six things I wrote could have filled like a whole podcast. And it's already 24 fucking minutes. And I only have like two left. And I wrote down the simple thing. I Typically, I, I write mental notes. I write it on my phone. And I just remember them. And I let the story come out naturally. Because I'm a storytelling podcast. But now, I feel like I'm just telling bullet points. And I'm forgetting the humor and loopholes in it. Oh, maybe it'll sound better on the playback. I don't know. But anyways, this is why I'll never do this shit again. And I'm not talking about the topic part. I'm talking about my podcast. Uh, but yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Throw the phone away. Who cares? Everyone stop listening at this point. But yeah. Um. You know what's crazy to me? Oh, now we're getting into it. Now I'm passionate. Your boy's in the passion of Christ. Never understood that tall passion of Christ. Um, because if he was a, if the passion of Christ was supposed to be sacrifice, how come no one's had to do it since? And we're all disciples of Christ. I don't know. Sean Kingston was on to something. Suicidal. Um, but yeah, it, but anyways, yeah, we're gonna move past that because anyways, but yeah. This just goes this just goes to show the old adage is true. That all nice podcasts do finish last. Because there's this podcast out there, and I don't like shitting on other podcasts that aren't really huge. Um because when you're so huge, regardless of what some idiot like me says, I could say something. It's not going to make a dent, and it doesn't matter. Like, it's just an opinion. But these people, they're not huge, huge, but they got a much more substantial following than me. And it pisses me off because I randomly, in my algorithm on YouTube, like, once in a while, you get these random things, and it makes no sense. Because I haven't watched anything close related to this shit. Yes, I did say shit because it's a little foreshadowing. So there is this podcast called Headgum, right? Um, and I already know anyone with their comments. And they have, well, maybe you should do more of what they're doing because obviously what they're doing is working. It's like, yeah, you know what? If that's what's considered working, um, I'm good. Not everything that works is bad. You know what? There's people, there's child predators that are really good at learning kids. I'm good at not being good at that, okay? Um, but there's this podcast called HeadGum. It typically consists of four people. Most of them have been Zoom. And I randomly clicked on the episode, right? Because it kept bumping in my algorithm. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe this shit's popping. Maybe YouTube for four days straight. Every time I go, go on my homepage... It would be like, uh, here, you want to watch episode 82 of the HeadGum Podcast. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. If you're going to force it down my throat. And by the way, here's the problem with like algorithms and promoting something. Is that when you promote it to me, I am not... I'm going to honestly be a little frustrated. I'm going to go into it with finding more of what I find annoying in it or don't like. Instead of if I just come across something and it's pleasantly surprising. Because if you force it down my throat, it's like, you know what? All right, fine. You, you, 
You want to keep telling me this show's great? You want to keep telling me a lot of people engage with it? You know what? I'm going to engage with it. But I'm going to go in and be, I'm going to be, I'm going to completely not give the benefit of doubt. I'm going to assume, you know what, YouTube? You know what the fuck you're talking about. You know what the people like. You know what I like. And you know what? They missed the mark. Um, Because I listened to it. And I know I do dumb openings. I literally, I literally listen to this one dude for four minutes, and it's a it's a podcast between. It was like a girl, two dudes. They're like five seven, who's probably like, you know, they this they have a they they kind of have this. They think they're a lot funnier than they are, and I understand I may apply, but I bet you one of them couldn't talk. On, by themselves on the show because all they did because all this dude talked about for a minute and a half was what he liked on his chipotle burrito all they do is pick basic ass fucking topics they pick hot topics like chipotle and i know i talked about chipotle but i talked about a specific incident with chipotle and their overpriced shit these people are just like everyone likes chipotle here's a picture of me and my guacamole if you put the head gum in the sponsor for Chipotle, you'll get 10% off your $18 burrito next time. It's like, you know what, man? Oh, now I'm potting. Which is something they felt. They never got in a potting mood. I never felt they were passionate. And you know what bothered me the most? I, I watched like a introduction to the podcast thing where it's kind of like how it developed. Originally, it supposedly started before quarantine. And they were supposed to have a, they had like a professional studio. Like, they were paying for a studio, or a studio was paying them to do this shit, right? And their audio quality is good, even for the Zoom stuff. I'll give them that. It's probably better audio quality. And you know what? One thing I will take away from them, like all bullshit aside, is that it goes to show, and this may sound like it's a backhand comment, but it actually is, because if your audio and your presentation of something is really well done it will give people give you it will have people give you the benefit of doubt and keep listening longer even if what you're talking about is complete nothing and you could say i talk about nothing but let me tell you it's not there's a lot more relationability at least when i say something you probably been like huh yeah these people are just talking about their dirty fucking toenails. Like, literally. I listened to, like, 30 minutes of a whole podcast. Because I tried to get through it. And I just couldn't. It's none personal against them. But it just goes to show that... And Oh, and by the way, for any podcasters out there, please stop with the overuse of special effects in conversation. Like, during this thing, they kept doing applauses for saying absolute nothing. Or when some dude would make a terrible, not even funny, pun, corny joke. And I think I'm a good judge of what's a good pun and corny joke. I I literally look, I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, to me, when they're kind of, when a podcast with four people, if four people... If you have to use special effects with four people to keep the audience engaged. I mean, Jesus Christ, talk about something. I know, I just, look, I tried to read off the topic shit, and it's weird as fuck. 
I don't like it. This is why I just go off the top. And typically as I'm talking, I remember shit as my observations of the day or of the week go. And that's what I do. But when you have planned out shit, or if you don't, and you really think with four people, here's a, I, I, it's crazy enough. Because I actually think as one person, as I've done this by myself, I actually think with one person, you can go off the top, quote unquote, more freestyle, quote unquote, um, because behind every freestyle you've thought about before, that's why everyone, when they get the dumb thing, oh, that was a written, it's like, yeah, it's like, and it may not have been written. He may have just recycled bars in his head by repeating to himself over and over. So just cause someone like people say, like there's the old room, Jay-Z doesn't write any of his lyrics or he never has, or he hasn't, you know, and God knows how long, right? It's like, um, it's like, yeah, some people just have different memories. But if he wrote it down, that doesn't make his lyrics or rhymes any less prevalent. Like, that's the dumb shit. But anyways. But they would have these rim like every two minutes or be just this rim for like eight seconds. And it would be overbearing in the middle of like nothing. It's like with four people, if you have a lot of blank spaces in a podcast, maybe, you know, just maybe work on your like connection. And the fact that the they have like a professional audio they they if they were about to be in a studio but i guess they live in california because COVID and stuff i don't know what any of them do um but for a very low like i know like i think there's a here's the thing just because someone doesn't quote unquote prepare for their podcast that doesn't mean it's low effort if there's a lot of real shit and substance in it what i consider low effort is all right we're gonna do the same amount of time and we're just going to fill that time like we're basically on the clock at a job and be like, ah, I'm just going to go chill in this back corner for 15 minutes, be on my phone for eight type of shit. Like where you're literally just cashing a check, but you're not really at work. You're just kind of walking around. I'm not saying anything about my job. Just saying. Just, of course, generally speaking. Um, but. Because, you know, that could be a slippery slope. You know, when people always say like, oh, you guys forgot a few hours on my check. It's like, yeah, we looked at the cameras. We did the math. Uh, We approximately saw your workload. You didn't really work about five hours of your times you were clocked in. So you're welcome. Imagine they start doing that where they actually start tracking how much work you do and pays you actually according to how much work you do. A lot of people be broke as fuck. Anyways, um, but yeah, it just goes to show nice podcasts like me finish last and bullshit where they just talk about what's on their fucking Chipotle burrito for two minutes, their toenails with no real story, nothing funny about it. And there's just a, oh, whoa, what did Susie say about your toenails? (laughs) It's like, who fucking cares? And this comes from someone who... I understand no one may care about anything I say, but it's just a guy. These people are supposed to know something that the rest of us don't. And I, you know, I never, because look, they're a little bit higher than me in the podcast stratosphere, but it just goes to show it's the great line that Drake said, shit, what's the fucking song? Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. 
Is it lemon pepper freestyle? Or is it once and needs? One of those. Where he's like, just goes to show that talent doesn't. Jesus, it's such a fucking great line. I believe I, I believe I went through this process on another podcast where I forgot the fucking line and the song. But he said, uh, talent doesn't always talent basically talent doesn't always win i i felt like I, i'm sounding like the dude who was on the alabama show the alabama newscast where he's like years ago i was hitting in the years ago I, and he could he just couldn't start because he just tumbled up on his words which i actually feel for the man i actually think when you really look at that it's only funny because he was able to i guess talk about it anyways after but like really you want to talk about anxiety and shit and people just laugh at it but hey we'll make exceptions for what's right um for what's right to laugh at it's okay though but um it just goes to show and you know maybe the format of the show is literally head gum so maybe it's just like if you swallow gum, it just sits in your stomach. And that's what I listen to their podcast. And I even read the comment section. I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's something I'm missing. And it was a lot of, man. The fact that people call this a podcast. Where there's, it's not even, you could talk about nothing and be entertaining. You could talk about nothing and the way you talk can be interesting. And sometimes you could talk about a lot of shit, but your voice or your audio can be very distracting. But anyway, back to the thing where I said one thing I will take from them is that there is some like good audio and presentation will get you in the door. But in day, how good your shit is is what's gonna actually long term and stuff. But if you have really bad audio, if you have really bad presentation or lack of more than likely, uh, the problem is it doesn't matter how good your shit is. If you can't even get in the door, if people want to even give it a chance, because it looks like you put little effort to it. And sometimes the presentation, but my problem is, is when the presentation has so much more effort put into it than the actual thing that I click on. I honestly think that's worse than clickbait. I'll say it. Because I was thinking about this. You know, people get mad about clickbait, but you clicked on it. Uh, and you can say that's wrong. And clickbait is typically, here's what I consider clickbait is where the video says, Oh, uh, I don't even want to put a random person's name. Cause I don't even want to put that in the atmosphere. And I'm not a big, you know, Libra Zodiac type of t- tantric, uh, voodoo type of person. But let's say insert person name has died. You click on it, and it is some person in a monotone vo- voice with a picture of that person that says, they feel like they have died inside because now they're divorced with XYZ. It's like, I, see, you didn't finish the sentence, man. <laughs> you kind of left me, or if it's just complete, nah, that's not at all what is said. It's not even all, like if it's like a picture, a cat kissing a a cat licking a snake. And then you click on it. And it's a fucking donkey fucking a moose. It's like, huh. I mean, I guess it's in the animal kingdom. So, that's the way you classify as Carl Linnaeus. Um, taxonomy. Um, but, I think, honestly, a form of clickbait 
is when the presentation of what your thing is doesn't remotely match the vibe or the tone of your show. I think that's a real thing. I think that's just as bad because think about it. Like, if you put a presentation that this is a professionally put studio and all this, and then I click on your video and it's four people on a Zoom uh, talking about Johnny getting a 3.9 GPA in school and how, oh, it's better than yours and it's jibber-jabber. And everyone in the comment section is just like, Jesus, this is like a combination of this is so intolerable that I keep coming back every week. Um, which I honestly think if the dislike button was available, I honestly don't think they would keep posting. I honestly think they would just hide it because I don't think the like and dislike ratio, which by the way, I have a theory about the like and dislike ratio. Have you ever noticed that actually with the videos, videos that you've seen a long time before, before the like and dislike, and let's say you watched a video that had like 4 million views and it had 85,000 likes, right? For some reason, ever since the dislike button, that same video, I don't know what it is. It's like, it'll be like down to 32,000 likes. It's like everything lowered. It's kind of like, hey, we're going to give everyone a chance. If you liked or disliked a video, you could take it back once we change this feature. I never got the notice, but I guess a lot of people have taken it back. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I also think... Most people don't really engage in that aspect anymore because what's the point in voting for something you can't see the result of? Why am I going to click the dislike or like button if I don't even really get to see an accurate, an accurate result of it? Not to go back into that like and dislike shit, whatever. It's over and done with. It hasn't really changed the viewing experience because typically with anything that involves change, we all bitch about it for a while and then we kind of just get accustomed because we're still going to use the shit. And honestly, transitioning, because I feel like it kind of, I would be remiss. And honestly, I didn't, when I was thinking tonight, when I was, I wasn't really going to talk about it because it's a weird thing to, here, let me set it up, right? I, I was hesitant to talk about it, not because, you know, I'm afraid to talk about it or nothing, but just because it's like, you know what? I feel like the situation speaks for itself, but at the same time, it's like, since I've talked about this person a good bit on here, and he's a very influential figure, whether you like him or not, I would be remiss to completely ignore it, right? So there is a compilation video, well, not a compilation, but basically it's clips of Joe Rogan's old podcasts. Um, where he said the word and with the ER, um, which does hold a little bit more weight than saying it with the A because say with the A, you know, people could try to justify it's friendly and stuff. You can't really try to make that justification with the ER, even in context, even in storytelling type of thing. And as someone who's a pro Joe Rogan, it's honestly, it's a little disheartening. Um, it's hard to think because, you know, you, you could try to say, well, times were different. But just because times are different, that doesn't mean you couldn't be different from the times. And as someone who's such a free thinker and a self-disciplined person type of thing, you can't stress all that, but then... 
use words that say, oh, well, it's just the times. Like, you know, here's what I will say about it, though, right? I'm, I'm going to tell a little bit of a backstory about I'm actually not surprised because I actually heard it before. Yes. So when Joe Rogan first went to Spotify, right? It was probably like a couple months after he completely moved over to Spotify. And typically as someone, I think this was technically before I started my podcast, right? Because I really wanted to, I, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was really interested. I wanted to do one, figuring it out. I had a failed one with a friend. Neither here nor there. You learn and you live. You live and you learn. Doesn't really matter. Fuck him. Uh, and I like to see the improvements of a podcast, like a podcast has been around for a couple years, has done a lot of episodes, whatever the hell. I like to, let's say they, let's say a show has like 108 episodes out like this. I actually randomly said that number, probably because it's the beginning, revisionist history. And I like to see like, oh, wow, this is what it is now. I wonder what the first episodes. I wonder what they, what they improved on. Right? Could have been the style of the show, the structure, the audio. And typically, it's everything across the board. There's more of a structure. There's the comfortability. Typically, the effects are better. The audio experience, the visual experience is better, especially for these bigger program ones. Right? And I did that for a lot of different podcasts, and because it's almost like to me, podcasting is what I study. This is what I'm into. This is what I'm interested in. So you study what's there. And you do the math of, okay, before and after. Okay, what do they improve? And what can I take away? How can I avoid even wasting my time making those, you know, useless mistakes type of thing? You know, like mistakes that can be prevented and you start. And your starting point is much better than most people that start, right? You know, whatever. And I did the same with Joe Rogan, right? So I was listening to a few of his early episodes, to be honest, they're pretty hard, they're pretty hard to listen to, just because it used to be just him on a Ustream with Brian Redband, and I don't really think Redband's that interesting, which, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of fucked up, well, not fucked up, he basically fired Redband, because his producer slash co-host or whatever, who was in charge of the audio and everything, which, if you see him on Kill Tony, you can see, like, oh, I can see why he got fired. Um, and it's crazy. Immediately, he fired Brad Band, a pretty good friend of his. Sometimes you have business friends don't mix. And he's like, look, man, it's just not good enough. Then he hired Jamie. And next thing you know, the way Jamie did the audio, the clips and everything, producing the show, the whole show trajectory and everything about the show changed. And that's when things really started to progress with the show. But enough of the backstory. So I, I was listening to, I would listen to certain guests with certain uh, guests that with people I would at least kind of give a shit about, even if it was not the greatest quality. And I listened to one with Dane Cook. It had it couldn't be later than episode eighteen or something, right? I remember because I remember it was one night I was sick at home, head was hurting like fuck. I just turned off all the lights and I just played this episode. Laying down in bed. Um, and there was a part about 
I remember exactly because I had to I rewound it like three times to make sure I heard what I heard. And there was some with Dan Cook where, with as a guest, where he said something along the, but he, I don't think he used the ER in this instance. Not that makes really a well of a difference, to be honest. But he was making a reference, and it actually may have been the same Planet of the Apes reference type of shit. Either way, it was something that I was sick, I was hot, hot and cold, yes and no, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I, I all of a sudden, it was like, well, what? I paused it, and I was like, he said, like, and it was an ongoing bit for, like, a good more than a few minutes, let's just say. And you could just hear, like, the guests kind of un- uncomfortably laughing. Uh, someone else was in the room kind of uncomfortably going with it. But it was a weird thing. Because I'm like, wait, what? I rewound it a couple times, like, oh. And I'm thinking, one, how has this not been exposed quote-unquote for the lie today right and i'm thinking you know what maybe it has been maybe it has been and i just haven't heard about like i didn't look up does anyone know about this episode like i assumed that it was one of those things where like it was maybe it was out there or maybe honestly most people didn't care and that's why i was surprised when i was like oh people didn't know about this but I, but honestly, I just kind of assumed that a lot of people knew about it, and they assumed with the move to Spotify, I assumed Spotify knew about it because they reviewed every episode and all of its content. They and I will, you know, here's one interesting, and this is not excusing because I believe it's separate. I do find it interesting though, and I think it kind of shows where business businesses stand these days. When you really think your these businesses care about activism or racism or any causes of uh, lgbtq community here's what i'll say i think the big joe i think one of the reasons because the same time spotify is sticking with joe rogan through all of this right that's one thing i also think if spotify cared as much as they cared about these big businesses cared as much as they outcry we don't condone this on this we do it's like when Joe Rogan moved to Spotify, they literally removed episodes with this one guest who had two episodes because they talked very in depth about, you know, his views and his research on transgenderism. Um, and he basically trying to, uh, it could have been he or she, I don't remember 100%, but basically his view was basically, uh, trans people are just confused people. That's his view, not mine. Uh, and they removed those episodes because it was heavy backlash from people in the community and all that. And it's like, you know what? Not be able to remove the episodes. It's not worth getting all this other shit for all the good he's going to bring, right? Okay. Then I remember because it was as the conversion was happening fully to Spotify. Because Spotify reviewed everything. Employees were mad about this. They were mad about the conspiracy episodes, I believe, with Eddie Bravo. They wanted to get rid of the Alex Jones ones, but I don't think they did. I think they may have done one, but not the other. Um, 
And there was plenty of others where basically if it didn't align with certain values and all this stuff, we're going to get rid of the episodes. Like, to me, cutting episodes doesn't really do anything in a day, but I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother the fuck out of me. It's like, whatever. Give me $100 million, You could cut 70 of my episodes. I don't give a fuck, which that means it would only leave you with 38 to play right now. But hey, 100 mil, have it. Own it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> But... It does, one thing it did bring my attention to all that, I was thinking, I'm like, so they cared about all these conspiracies, and uh, they cared about um, having doctors, psychologists, and now with doctors, it has to do with the thing. I'm not even going to mention it, because I don't even want to get, you know, tracked in the algorithm, whatever the fuck, but, like, even Jordan Peterson received recent uh, blowback for things, you know, and he has for different various things, but never to the recent level speaking on certain things, and it's weird to me that, hmm, so the Spotify employees, Spotify company, they reviewed all these episodes, look, they pay the guy 100 million, if I pay a guy, if I'm paying someone 100 million, I'm reviewing every fucking thing, I'm having my employees watch every minute of every fucking podcast, because that's what I'm paying them to do, I didn't know 100% what I'm getting, if I mean, that's just protecting your investment, knowing that we're not going to we're going to start fresh from any props. We're not going to bring shit over. That's not necessary. And it just goes to show hmm, Spotify employees and Spotify in general did all this research and all shit of his show, which goes to show they either heard the shit and didn't give a fuck because maybe they don't give a fuck about racism like they say they do. Maybe most companies don't really care about racism. And I was thinking about this, and this is really, it, it sounded like, holy shit, Clint, this pre. I was really thinking, as a big business, if you had to choose one, which you should never have to choose one, you should just be inclusive in general, but if you had to choose one, would you rather... Would you rather be protected on the side of Racism? In, just, in this case, you know, let's just call would you rather would you rather be would you rather be okay caring about black people or caring about transgenderism? And I was really thinking, which to be honest, I don't think most companies really care a whole lot about a lot of the things that are act are activists today, to be honest. Um I think there's a lot of exploitation. There's a lot of wrongdoing. Because then now there's a situation where there's the India Marie girl who kind of expo- exposed the compilation video of all the shit. And she's going to remove her music from Spotify. And I'm not even being funny when I say this. Not even being dis- I never heard of her before then. So I'm going to say I don't think her taking her music off is really going to make a dent. I think it would take someone like it would take the biggest artists that actually make any decent amount of money on there and make Spotify a lot of money. As someone's saying, basically, it would take like the Drakes, the Billie Eilish, the Olivia Rodriguez. It would take Kendrick Lamar. It would take the Beyonce's. It would have to be one of those artists. The Justin Bieber's, the 
current relevant art it would take a banding together or even just a few be like yeah we're taking our shit off of yours for there to be any real change about stuff and more importantly then it'll really see what do these companies streaming music companies or media companies what do they really care for based off what they're saying And I think it does expose a real thing in big business. Is that a lot of businesses say they care about things. But when shit hits the fan or when money's on the line and people say it's just business. Like, okay, well, you're going to make this temporary business decision and you're going to walk away with money. But in the long term, people are not going to work with you. Except if you offer them like $60 million and a lot of people will smile it up. Um, But, you know, honestly, as a personal Joe Rogan fan, it is disappointing. You know, it was disappointing then, but I just honestly assumed everyone kind of knew about it. And that was part of the controversy that everyone was already talking about when he moved there. And I assumed that was just part of the baggage. But I was wrong because I guess a lot of people didn't know about it. Um. It is disappointing. You know, I'm not a believer that there's really ever a context, a nuance. There's never a reason, even if you're reciting something, even if you're reading a book. I like I just don't I don't think there's ever a time and place for a white person to say it, to say the word with with whether it's the slang of the A or the ER. And that brings in the whole, you know. Uh, people, I, I think I talked about the pods. So I don't repeat it before, but it was like Quentin Tarantino with Django Unchained or The Hateful Eight. It's like, this is a white dude writing all this shit, right? And apparently, you know, like Neil Brennan, the comedian, wrote on The Chappelle Show, a lot of those skits involve language. But he wrote it on paper, but, you know, it's like he's not saying it, but he's definitely portraying, you know, in some cases, even though they're cleverly written and cleverly put together, I'm not shitting on the Chappelle show. It definitely is, you know, he's writing through a stereotype vision. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure Chappelle revised like, all right, yeah, no, you got like this. Like, I'm pretty sure Chappelle had his hands all over. It. But, you know, that stuff can always get a little iffy when it comes to writing something. You're not saying it, but you're basically writing what you think type of thing. Are you writing a perspective that you think is that? And that's where it could kind of get dangerous when you're speaking for someone else's race or you're speaking for another gender, you're speaking for another human being in general because there's so many life experiences that lead to shit. But my personal belief, and it's no story, I don't think there's a really a reason. I've told the story about my friend who was dating, who dated a white girl. I don't know why I were, but she was, he was dating someone who was white, and it honestly felt like more of the reason why she was dating him was because she just kind of wanted, uh, she just kind of wanted that nudge, that kind of comfort to be like, say, say what you really feel, honey, say what you really feel, and it's a lot of behind rhetoric shit, and it's like, oh, you you can see behind and so much pretty blatant. It was not a it was not deceptive. It was not even clever. 
Like, damn, you can't even be cleverly, like, kind of biased. Can you at least be clever in your bias and just, like, a little racism? Like, can can you just be a little clever with it? Like, some of you just blame with it where it's not even, like, it's so cartoonish. Um, But, yeah, no, like, seriously, though, I would be remiss. I've talked about Joe Rogan so much being such a positive influence for really not letting media and free speech, you know, and I know free speech all comes with price. But what I mean by that is being on for free, um, basically not having where all media you have to say one thing or we're going to get rid of you. And I think now he's fallen to a lot of hot water with that. And I think this is honestly the worst controversy of them all by far. Um, I really don't think the medical stuff and his views is really matters really at all. But I do think this because I, I, I don't know how it would be because I've never said it and I don't plan on it. I don't know when it would ever. I don't know how like as a man... I feel like when you put that out there, like when it's out there, you said that and especially various multiple times and comfortable telling stories, you can say you were high, you can say you're drunk, whatever. I don't know how you walk, you know, look, maybe he's got fuck you money and I get that and having fuck you money makes walking around a little bit easier with baggage. Um, but it would just be hard, like, because, you know, you're going to, you're going to work with people who that word affects great, greatly, and maybe the people who affects, more important, maybe they forgive you, maybe they say that's not, you know, that's not you are, you know, um, I'm going to let the people who that word affects make judgment of how much that word affects, because it's, I'll just let people who are affected by that word uh, make judgments of how they deal with him and how they view him. Um, But I would just say as a person, like I can handle side looks for a lot of things. That's one one where if I walk down in public and there was recordings of me saying that like a mortar wall and shit like that. That would be a hard one. Like, that would be one of those where I, I would be too... It would be hard to walk around as. Because you... Because you're not just saying an opinion. You're not just saying something that's controversial. You're not just saying something that's uh, going against the grain. You said something with a lot of historical hurt, context, and... Chances are, um, probably somewhere deep in your lines of your bloodlines, probably was a beneficiary of. And I know that's really the like me. I, I'm gonna be honest. Like I don't even. I, I would. I would be scared to find out because. It doesn't change anything about me, but it certainly brings like, oh, no matter no matter how good you do, there's still something in your blow lines that's like, oh. And I think, you know, 
especially if you're someone that has friends who are black, um, if you've ever dated someone or been with someone and cared, which I would assume everyone care has cared deeply about someone who's not just their race of any type of relationship, but as someone who has been in love with women who are black, that would be, like, that's one of those things, you know, it takes, I want to say it takes for you to date someone out of your race to truly to date someone who's black to truly understand that because you should honestly know how hurtful and how real that that can make someone feel. But I do think there's something about when you are with someone in settings in public can you get the views of interracial and the shame of it really you get from uh, people who look like you and people who look like them and how you're viewed. You can just feel it. There's something about when you hear that, you, you you feel it different, you know? Like, to me, anytime I hear it, even when someone's just being in jest and it's some white person, and even if it's with the approval of their friends who happen to be black, to me, wow, look, Clint getting all uber serious here. But to me, it's still highly uncomfortable, because I I would never even think about saying it. I th- I think I think that's one of those things like you have to want to say it. You have to try harder to say it. Words like like that doesn't just slip out of your mind or your mouth unless you have truly thought about it. You truly have said it before. But maybe you've slipped it out in a setting where you didn't want to say it. You wouldn't want it to be said. But there was other settings where you were okay with saying it. And I'm not the judge of what's the right setting to say what. Which I think it's kind of my point. Is that there's really no right setting, context, or nuance for someone that looks like me to say it. There just isn't. Um, and I've never... And I, I to me, and here's another kind of like clanking context. I really don't... I really think a white person being an activist for black rights is really it's really self-serving because I don't think your I don't I don't really think as a white person your duty is to really talk about how great you are because it kind of is like the white hope centers like I'm the one that's going to lead equality it's like no you should be supportive and be there but not make it about you because you were literally trying to make Look how great I am on a cause that doesn't really directly affect me. Which to me, it's really no different. You know what's really interesting when people talk about vulture and appropriation? You know what I think is actually... I think in music, I actually don't think it's that big of a deal. But I do think if we're going to go down the road and say that is a big deal, I do think when it comes to YouTube videos... Where people make money and monetize off it. When you have people who are not minorities. When you have people talking about issues that aren't directly affecting them. But yet they make money off it. It's like if someone is talking about. I don't know. I'm just going. I don't want to make everything black and white. Literally or figuratively. Um, But like if you. Like if our. If I were to make a channel, right, me, and start making a channel about 
uh, civil rights uh, history or activism of the stuff. And then me, a white person, making a money, making a money, making money about the suffrage. Uh, Here's a better example. It'd be like a guy, it'd be like a guy making money talking about how much women aren't nearly paid as enough as men. And like the 77 cents for what a man is and all that stuff. And then they make a YouTube channel bitching about all that shit. And it's it's like a guy making feminine, like a feminist channel and talking about how women, it's so unfair for women in society. And yet you just make $8,000 off a video and not a single cent of that is going to go towards anything of feminism to benefit women. So when you want to make it about race, you know, if a white activist is making money off Movements that are supposed to be for black empowerment, black positivity, inequality. I just think it's a little self-serving. I think it's highly ironic. And I think you're the definition of a culture vulture. Because you are literally profiting off of something that you don't have to directly feel of what your activism is for to begin with. Quote, unquote. I just think it's, there's a lot of people out here being cold. There's a lot of people out here trying to appropriate and vulture stuff, but it's more hidden and they will be the same ones preaching about how wrong it is. But yeah, on their channel, they're doing the same thing. Not calling anyone out, but it's out there. So in conclusion, because my camera's about to shut off, because that's how we do it here. The camera shuts off. The camera shuts off. Um, it's disappointing. And it's definitely, it makes me a little, it made me take a step back and kind of reassess what I really think of Joe Rogan. Not just because of the word. Because again, like I said, I mentioned, I met, I heard it before. I heard him say it before, like a long time in older episodes. But it definitely does just kind of, you know, maybe, maybe this is why we don't put people on pedestals, regardless of maybe what good they're doing. In the bigger scheme of things in media. Because you just don't know. And maybe. And you know. I don't know. Alright. We'll just wrap it up there. That's enough of serious talk. That's episode 108 of the Off and Beat Podcast. Like, subscribe, and suck some titties. And that was not a great pod. Gosh. Never preordained. I hate that I had so many good topics. And I botched like the first three. But once I got the shit on head gum. Oh man. My head. Was gone. Gum, 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 baby, come, gum.